What's going on? My name is Michael Jones, and you listen to the 80th episode of Who's on Top. All right, welcome to episode 80 of Who's on Top. I'm Ori, your host. It is October 13th, 2021. We have a very special guest this episode. Let's introduce our analyst first. Uh, we have the Russian machine out of Rutgers, Ellis Gordon. What's good, guys? Looking like a true Don with the little necklace and everything. Next, <laughs> we got our fencing captain, Jeremy Giles. As always, at your service. Our bandwagon Bucks fan, Daniel Fox. What's up? Guys, let's talk some sports. Uh, our Frisbro from Syracuse, Jacob Casson. As always, Daniel Fox taking my line. What's up, guys? Let's talk some sports. And finally, our special guest, honorable mention, all ACC led the whole ACC with four interceptions and eight forced turnovers. One of the top college linebackers in the nation, Mikel Jones from Syracuse. Welcome to the podcast. What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. So uh, let's we want to give the audience a little bit of a background as to like who you are as a player and a person, um, if they might not know you. So I'm sure you get this a lot. But uh, when did you start playing football? Like when did you know that's what something that you wanted to do? Um, so I started playing football when I was four years old, actually. And I've been playing ever since. I haven't missed the fall. And I pretty much knew football was what I wanted to do when it was like, uh, I say my eighth grade year. Like when it was my last year playing Little League before I went to high school, that's when I started transitioning my mind to I'm going to go in high school and try to be best at football. Offers and scholarship wasn't in my head, but I just know I want to get better and be good at football. Grind doesn't stop. And uh, in high school, I assume like you, you started off playing JV or you started off right in varsity? Uh, I started off in varsity. Ah, and we wish. You went to IMG, right? Uh, yes, sir. For sure. All right. That's awesome. Um, and how'd you end up in Syracuse? So you played throughout uh, throughout high school, all in varsity. Um, what was the, like the recruitment process like? Um, so my recruitment process, it started pretty early. Like it started uh, my ninth grade year. And then I continued to got, get offers throughout, like all the way to my senior year, like the last couple months or until like before I signed. And it was like, it was a lot of ups and downs. It was a lot of stuff I had to learn about how recruiting works and stuff. It was good. I can't complain. Honestly, I was able to uh, choose a good school. I seen an opportunity here at Syracuse. I seen an opportunity for me to play, an opportunity to like, further my education, open up opportunities later in life. A lot of good things I could get out of it. So I, I took a chance 21 hours away from home and came to Syracuse. Damn. That's awesome. Uh, we also have another recruited athlete here with Ellis Gordon um, playing JV tennis throughout high school. Uh, so we're kind of familiar with the recruitment process as well. But um, and speaking of that, some of us are like aspiring student athletes. Me with rugby, Jake with Frisbee, uh, Jeremy with rec soccer, Daniel with rec, rec baseball and Ellis with the radio. Uh, Bob, so can you Bob. just take us uh, through a typical day in the life of a college linebacker? Oh, man. So typical day of a college linebacker. Everybody wake up at the same time. We all got to get up 5.50, 6 o'clock. 6.30 means. Uh, damn. God damn. Uh, 6.30 means, and I'll say, sometimes we start practice 8.10 or we go 9.10 for two hours. Sometimes we'll lift before practice in between uh, 6.30 and 8.30 or whatever. And then after that, straight to um, campus. We got a shower. It's like a very, very tight schedule. I have like probably like 45 minutes to shower, eat, get to campus, 
then you got to stand. The next battle is stand up in class. Like, you're going to be real <laughs> tired. Yeah, that would not work for Ellis. He takes an uh, hour and a half showers. So I don't, I don't think you could be a college football lineman for Ellis. <laughs> and another half hour to do his hair. <laughs> but, but it looks that's good. That's not though. the reason he's not a college Listen, football lineman. Perfect, perfection takes a long time, guys. <laughs> well, I think you need to spend a little bit longer if that's the case. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> hey, on <this> top. <laughs> so, um, yeah, after that, we'll have a class and any any window. Definitely for linebackers, it's important to um, keep your body right. Get a lot of treatment, recovery. Eat eat a lot. Put the calories back in your body. Put the everything you lost back in your body. So, in between classes, I got to find a way to get back to the facility or get treatment or something like that. Find a way to get some food. The windows are always very tight, so you got to be... How many calories do you think you eat a day? Oh, uh, man. I think I'm supposed to have... It's a chart. Supposed to notice too, a lot. <laughs> a like, lot. Supposed <laughs> to eat a lot. Cool. Um. So I know, like, uh, this is Tony White's second year, I believe, right? Defensive coordinator, and you guys average like, you your defense has improved like drastically since 2020, and so has your win total along with that. Like, what do you attribute that to? Like, being on the offense, being on the defense, sorry, from 2020 to 2021. What do you attribute this new like jump your defense has taken under Tony White? Um, I say, I say that. Well, when we came back uh, from winter workouts in February, you get to tell the vibe, like, vibe from everybody. It was like, everybody just came from home, all of who knows where, like everybody, probably 50, all 50 states came from home and we had to hear about how we only won one game. So everybody came back, was like, we can't do that again. We got to fix our habits. We got to do everything we can to put us in position. So everybody came back, like, motivated determined to get better and with the defense we we know we did a lot of good things last year but we knew we could, we could improve like that much more if we lock in and lock in on all the details and learn the defense and learn just get better so that's where that's where it started it started in winter workouts and it transitioned through spring workouts summer workouts fall camp and then now we just it's like it's not the finishing product but it's the better we half balling. of it we ball yeah, we ball it's the better half of it yeah, I mean, and you had, like, such a great individual season last year. I mean, I, I kind of ran through the accolades earlier, but, like, how do you how do you improve on that? It's like in the NFL, like, the Bucs, you know, they're, they're a great team. Daniel's a Bucs fan, so I always use the Bucs as an example. But, like, you're a great team. You just won the Super Bowl. Like, how do you how do you get yourself motivated as as an individual season to, like, kind of do better than last season? Because you, you did have such an incredible season last season. Uh, yeah, uh, big thing was I just knew I had to work harder. Whatever I did the offseason before, I made sure I was doing a lot more. Uh, getting smarter on the field, uh, that's one thing I wanted to improve. I just looked at a bunch of things I could improve from. Like, I did a lot of good things, but uh, I wasn't perfect. So I looked at those things and just that's how I used myself. I used it to try to get better this season. And it's been showing up, like, it's been showing up, and I'm happy. I know it's going to continue to keep going. Yeah. And I mean, like when you say get smarter on the field, is that like watch films, go through analytics? Is that like what goes into the process of like becoming a smarter football linebacker? Um, watch a film is a big part about it. And, and even even listening, like when you have means listening to your coaches and knowing, knowing what's actually going on. Like You have to think about the defense as if you're you're a coach on the field. Like you want to know what your coach knows. You want to know what he sees. You want to know why he thinks what he thinks. So when you think of it like that, it helps on the field because our coaches be on the field. So I got to be that voice for the team as a linebacker position, as a middle linebacker. Yeah. Um. I look, so like you know, Trevor Lawrence maybe one of the best college football prospects of 
all time. And you're like probably one of the few people who will ever in college, at least go up against him. Um, what was that like? I'm just so curious because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I watch him play on film at least and he's ridiculous, but like you guys, I mean, they still, Clemson still won, but compared to the rest of the season, you guys relatively stopped him in that um, in 2020. So what was that like going up against Trevor Lawrence? It was, it was one of those deals where everybody came to play. We were all, we were all locked in and he, he was a good guy. I can't even take nothing away from him. He made some throws. I was like, man, he, he showed some speed. It was like, okay, dude's nice for real. Like, <laughs> he's nice for real. But it was one of those games we just came locked in. Our DBs came to play. Uh, if he, he playing with Detroit right now, he came to play. Since Gary Williams, I'm talking my, my roommate right now, he a baller. And we had dudes in the secondary, uh, Robert Hammer, Jahad Carter, they came to bar. And obviously, like, it only works if our defensive line was all four cylinders and linebackers getting good drops, playing good in the rough fit. So it was like it was a team effort, or a defensive effort that day. But he 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 a baller. <laughs> Can't take that away from him. Um. So yeah, specifically like talking about role models and kind of inspirations. Like, do you have a favorite NFL player or like an NFL player that you try to model your game after? I know that like personally, I'm built like Marshawn Lynch, so I, I try to model my game. Okay. After. Okay. But, uh, I was thinking of Mike Tolbert. <laughs> little Mike Tolbert after <laughs> the muscle hands. Now that's Doug Martin. Yeah. So uh, do you, do you have a player that you kind of like aspire to be like, or try to study as much as you can? Um. So like from a mindset, uh, mindset perspective, uh, as I grew up, you know, I grew up watching Ray Lewis. He, he was, he was that guy to me. He's a big inspiration. And like just how he, how he plays the game, how he thinks his aggressiveness. That's why I want to model like my mindset after as far as like how my body's built, I'm not built like Ray Lewis. Uh, I feel like I got like a new age linebacker build. I'm not the biggest guy, but I'm not the smallest. But I'm very fast and athletic. And that reminds me of Devin White now. Devin White's a boss. I will say right before the podcast, Ellis, like we had this question yeah. prepared and Ellis said, I'm sure he, it's, it's, he's going to say Ray Lewis because he plays yeah. so much like him. So Ray but, Lewis is yeah, a beast. No, he, was, he was ready to battle. Then you talk about Devin White being the next Ray Lewis. Yeah, okay. White, the next Devin White. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Episode. I'm curious. Do, do you have a favorite NFL team? Oh, yeah. Miami Dolphins. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Well, I'm honestly, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Jets fan. So, you know, I, any anything but that I think is a win in my book. <laughs> all right. Do you guys want to move on to uh, the fun rapid fire questions? Yeah, let's go. I actually would. No, I had one more. I had one more. Okay. Um, all right, go ahead, Ellis. Oh, about the so I know recently the NIL was put in place for college athletes. Um, have you like what have you done with that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, because you know it's like it's really like one probably one of the most drastic changes in college sports in the last hundred years. So, what have you done along that, if anything? Well, I've been working like as soon as um the opportunity came, I've been working to uh, find a good team to help um help just help me all uh, with the NIL things, but. It's been pretty. It's been pretty hard because school in the season. Honestly, like if you take your focus off of like what's really yeah. important, it'll get you in a place you don't want to be. Like you'll be unfocused. And, yeah, for sure. Fall with school and season. Yeah. That's that's not a place I want to be. But I'm definitely, I definitely want to like get more involved in it. I've been doing a little small things here and there, but that's something I want to get. I take advantage of because, like you said, it's one of like the biggest changes. And just to explain to like the audience who who don't know what the NIL is, it's um 
recently, I think this year actually, um, student athletes were just ruled that they're allowed to monetize their name, image, and likeness, image, name, image, and likeness, NIL, and generate money for themselves for the first time ever. So that's what that is. Um, so Alice, can, we, can we expect to see uh, shirts with JV captain uh, and yes. the tennis team for Rutgers? I will. I will be selling tennis JV captain rocker shirts next yeah. next I'll see them it. online i want a I'll big ball of jacob with the doing the hammer throw down the field of all course. over yeah. oh, i'd buy i'd buy that in a heartbeat <laughs> all right um jeremy or fox do you guys want to do some of the rapid fire yeah. questions let's do it let's do it jeremy you want to you want to go ahead you yeah, want to go first buddy i've been writing through the some rapid fire questions you know just to be fun so all right first off who would you rather tackle Derek Henry or Marshawn Lynch? Derek Henry or oh, I gotta answer him fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Marshawn Lynch. Really? Why? I'm curious. Yeah, you're right. Derek Henry. <laughs> the Skittles beast himself. That's hard. Are the more dangerous yeah, backs? Hard to tackle. Yeah. I mean, Marshawn Lynch like, is like what, 37? Okay, but we're, no, ta- no, we're talking prime. Like, we're know, talking prime. We're not talking I'm modern not. day. I'll, I'll pull up on um Derek Henry. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he gets a good leg tackle in there. Yeah, you can get you can get something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I All right, should I ask the next one? Yeah, Which quarterback, I don't know why you put this, but not Tom Brady, would you like to get an interception from? Interception from that you could pick Brady. up if you could pick off anyone like either in in the league, in college, who who would you pick off? Aaron Rodgers. That's a great answer. And you know what? He <laughs> wants to throw you one. Because he's a fraud. Just wait. Okay, You'll play in the NFC Championship game. Okay, You'll be ready to go. All right. <laughs> wait, wait till the fourth quarter. He wants to throw you on. That's a great answer. All right, Jeremy, do you yeah. want to move on with the next yeah, one? Yeah, some people there, Rodgers. Anyway, would you rather have a fumble or interception? You could have either of those. You could have one of either. What would you rather have? If I force the fumble or fumble? But if not, uh... Uh, well, let's say force, for- force. force a fumble and your team recovers. He said fumble. Fumble, yes. Dude, he's Ray Lewis. He's not. He's not interested <laughs> in these interceptions. He wants to hit people. <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll take the next one. Uh, uh, who's got the best celebrations on the team? Um, whew. count me out. Uh, <laughs> I give best celebrations right now. Lil Deuce. Lil Deuce. Deuce. Yeah, Lil Deuce got it. Got it back. But the celebrations. Yeah, yeah he's nice. Little he's nice. <laughs> package there. Yeah, uh, we have some good celebrations on this podcast. Like Ellis likes to sit down in the ground and eat snow when he scores a touchdown. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> we play football. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, if, you weren't, if you weren't uh, playing like a defensive position, what position would you play on offense? What do you think like you'd be suited for? Running back? Uh, running back or slot receiver. Uh, I got hands. Personally, I think, right. I think Ellis would be a fullback. He's just built like a tank. No, I think Ellis uh, place kicker. No, no, no. Oh, Holder, we're, Holder. Holder. oh we're, so, we're just racking on me today. I got, I got one. I got, a quick one. <laughs> yeah. I got a quick one. Um, so like, who is gonna? Like you know, Brian Dawkins like put the fear in God into people. Who in Syracuse is like the craziest mother? Like you, like you don't want to like you don't want to like mess with them on the team, or like an opposing Pemmer. We got a lot of guys like that, but I'm gonna say uh, Jeffrey Can. He's a uh, he's in my class, linebacker from Canada. He's a beast. If you if you pay attention to special teams, I know some people don't really pay attention to special teams, but he put every every team. I know he's on everybody's scouting report just off the special team. So I have a question. So Syracuse and Ithaca are only a one hour drive away. 
when is Syracuse going to stop dodging Ithaca and play us in a game? <laughs> Get them on our level first. I don't know. It's yeah. not even worth our time. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I don't know that question. <laughs> you know, you don't want to answer that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting. Good. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. We have the third-ranked D3 <laughs> kicker in the nation, so we'll see. You have the what? Third-ranked D3 kicker in the nation. We have the first-ranked D1 kicker in the nation. Nothing well, like Adam Corsack with those punts. We're talking Rutgers, apples and oranges. Rutgers loves to punt the ball, and Adam Corsack is the perfect man for the job. <laughs> All right. Uh, last, you want to do a few more rapid fire, and then we'll uh, move on. Sure. Oh, uh, sure. Do. All right, I got a quick one. I got a quick one. All right, go ahead. So of, like all your time in college, like what's your favorite one play you had? You said favorite favorite play you made. Like highlight, highlight, or favorite highlight. Um, probably the one recent one uh, versus who do we play? Uh, Rutgers. Uh, fourth and one stop. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ellis, all right. did you like that play too? Uh, I was not a fan of that play. That was on Langdon. That was on Johnny. That was on Johnny Langdon. Yes, bro. Crazy. I'm I'm curious. Do you have any like game day superstitions? Like I don't know when uh when Fox goes out, he has to go out to uh, Crazy Train when he's uh playing backyard football. Do you have any like songs or rituals you have to do before uh having any crazy? No, season? you have to run around your opponent while Crazy Train, not just run out. Um, so this game. Uh, I don't know if I got rituals, but like I got the same schedule. Like, I listen to the same type of music. I start the day off some slow music. Slow music, it'll build up to the game. Specific playlist, too. And uh, I do the same stretches for my game, same type of stretches. I go to the uh, the corner of the field, pray, things like that, like right before the game. And yeah, those some, some some game day rituals. All right, I got one more, I think. So we know Dan's a big Mask Wolf fan, and you mentioned music. Um, who is your favorite artist? Like to listen to before Pump game up artists, pump up artists. Yeah, like specifically yeah. game day. Um, see, I listen to a lot of people. Favorite? It's a tough uh, question. It can be favorite pump up song if you got one. Pump up song or artist? Whatever. Yeah. I say artist. Uh, G Herbo. G Herbo. Yeah. All right. Um, we got any other? Or you want to ask your stupid question? You want to ask? All right. How many tackles did you have in 2020? Do you know this off the top of your head? Uh, I <laughs> it was on paper. It says sixty nine. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I saw. So uh, sorry, I had to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on paper, but and was, it was probably like seventy nine or something. They missed a lot of tackles. I don't know. You might inter- actually, wait, I'm curious about that. You might get interviews from ESPN, but they're not asking that question. We're the only podcast asking those type of questions. <laughs> I actually have a question. Do they like how often do they miss tackles? Like, I'm so curious about that because like that's, I feel like that's a hard stat to like keep track of, kind of. Like, because like almost as much as you miss tackling, tackles, Ellis. I feel like here and there they do. All right, they definitely do. All right, cool. Um, I mean, I I pretty much like I've exhausted my list of questions, but every every week we have uh, predictions, so our analysts. And sometimes our guests too get to like decide who wins uh, in a matchup. So, for example, uh, we've had 18 matchups so far. Jeremy's in the lead, guessing nine out of 18 correctly. Jacob's in second place, guessing eight out of 18. Ellis is in we're third. Star, we're very good at this. As you can yeah, see. Uh, not not so too good right now. With 50 percent. Uh, Ellis has seven out of 18, and Dan is in dead last with six out of 18 after a tough week. 
So uh, let's start off with college football because why not? We got uh, our college football star here. So I, I don't know how closely you follow the league, but uh, Arkansas versus Auburn. This is supposed to be a really good game. Um, let's start off with Jeremy. Jeremy, you put Arkansas down pretty quickly after a tough, tough loss last week. So uh, why are you taking this this week? Um, I mean, I think I just kind of just have faith, and I know I've said this before. My general theory is if a team comes off kind of a tough loss, I feel like often they bounce back the next week if they're a good team, and I do consider Arkansas a good team. So, yeah, that's kind of my logic behind it. All right. Uh, Ellis, also Arkansas. I do have Arkansas. I mean, I think – I mean, Auburn's got the better quarterback, but I like, I like Sam Pittman, and he is coming off a rough loss against Georgia and then Mississippi, I believe, was it? Um, let me look. Just it was Mississippi, yeah. So, but I think Auburn's been up and down all season, and I think Arkansas. I think they've been a little more consistent, and I think they take it. All right, Dan. Wait, hold on. Go to someone else. All right. Wait. Just kidding. Arkansas. Wow, surprise. Uh, we know your your knowledge of college football is a little limited, so we'll leave it at that. Yeah. I, I dabble. I, you you dabble. All right, Jacob McKell. Uh. I'm gonna go with Auburn, and I will follow what Mikel does. <laughs> All right. Does, uh, uh, does Mikel know your thing about always being right? Have you told him about that? Yeah, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Jacob's never been wrong in uh, the ten years I've known him. So it's just the ten times in this game. Just ten yeah. times. <laughs> All right. So this is a little bit of a closer one. Oklahoma State versus Texas. Another great, uh, great rivalry here. Ellis, why don't why, why don't you tell us why you take Texas, and we'll go. We'll just go from there. Yeah, Texas had Oklahoma on the ropes until they blew it last week. Um, they've been really good at times. Of course, they've had lapses in concentration. I like Sarkeesian as their coach, and I think it comes down to their rushing attack. I mean, you're mm, okay. I'm going to say this. Sean Tucker, Bijan Robinson, both having very good seasons, but like both of them are top. For Heisman, I was I was gonna say I was gonna say Robinson it might be the best college back, but I didn't want to offend anyone here. But regardless, Bijan Robinson definitely a top five college back. Um, and I think they're gonna their rushing attack, um, their rushing attack leads them to a victory. And this time, unlike Oklahoma, they hold on to the win. Jake, who you taking? Uh, um, I gotta go with Texas just because I didn't see Oklahoma State play this year. Yeah. Danny, you look very eager. Now I'm going to go with Texas. I'm just, I've been crunching the numbers. Texas is fifth in the league in the, in the nation in points scored. And that's not even counting Ithaca. And Oklahoma State is 89. You're, you're right. That's not, it's, they're not counting Ithaca in those top We're five. We're not counting games. Ithaca, unfortunately. But five is better than 89. So I'm going to roll with Oklahoma State. Five no, is better kidding. than Texas. 89. My bad. Yeah. Texas. Texas it is. All right, let's sauce on to some NFLs because Jeremy, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, let's talk about something that you're a little more familiar with, Jeremy. Uh, you got the Cardinals and the Browns. Cardinals are undefeated this year. Uh, Kyler Murray is looking like the front runner for MVP, looking absolutely insane. I think uh, I'm the only one here that can tackle him. But uh, Jeremy, why would you take the Cardinals over the Browns? I think for me, it's kind of a really close game because I think this, to me, this kind of seems like a trap game for the Cardinals just because they've been rolling really well. They've had a lot of big victories so far, and I feel like they kind of were slowing down a little bit last week, and they beat the 49ers, but their offense was probably by far their lowest output. So I could, and especially against the Browns' defense, if they're not quite as hot, I could easily see this being an upset, and especially given that the Browns lost in that kind of heartbreaking game, heartbreaker last week. So I think for me, it's kind of, 
my instincts kind of say the Browns might win this one, but I just think giving credit to Cardinals for what they've been able to do and how they've been able to dispatch really good teams like the Rams this year just feel wrong not to take the Cardinals. So I guess I'm taking the Cardinals, but I really my instincts kind of say Browns. Yeah, I got um, I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, you saw what Herbert did to that secondary, and and we don't know if um Denzel Ward's going to play. Um, so that's not going to help their secondary at all. They they need some Mikel Jones four interceptions in that team because right now they they cannot they cannot stop the passing game whatsoever. Yeah, they got Miles Garrett. Um, but I think you know Miles. Um, sorry, not Miles Garrett. I think um Kyler Murray outduels Baker Mayfield. Um, who played well I, to my credit last week I kind of Baker Mayfield and he played very well but I think Kyler Murray still outduels him and I think um Cardinals end up with the win because of that go ahead Jake yeah so uh I'm thinking the Browns in this one I know the Cardinals are still undefeated but what the Browns team did last week against the Chargers just shows me the potential of this Browns team and running the ball like very very well both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb uh very very good two-headed half- monster halfback duo yeah and uh Scoring 42 points one week like this, they're not going to cool off and just score nothing next week. I think it's even another high-scoring game, but I do think uh, the Browns are going to take this one. All right. Uh, Danny? Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals and the Chargers are very similar teams, explosive offenses, young quarterbacks with mobility. But the, I think we got to give credit to the Cardinals' defense. They've been playing really well as of late. Things are really coming together. Cliff Kinsbury, Ellis's boy, really got the guys playing well. So I keep picking the Browns, and they keep letting me down. I don't think that Baker Mayfield can keep up with Tyler Murray. Give me the Cardinals. That's fair. And uh, we have Chargers-Ravens as our last uh, – All right. I thought I thought you guys were picking as a team. That's why I was – Jacob doesn't do teams. Uh, I go with the Cardinals. Do you think uh, – would you rather tackle, like, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? What do you think is harder there? Lamar Jackson. Lamar, yeah. Lamar, yeah, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, what are you talking about? Lamar Jackson. Lamar. I mean, Kyler Murray is very elusive, but I but guess not like, like Russell Lamar. Russell Wilson or Kyler would be a better question. Insane. Yeah. Well, speaking of Lamar Jackson, we're actually going to move on to a matchup involving him, Chargers versus Ravens. Uh, we're all picking the Chargers after an MVP caliber performance from the uh, from Lamar himself. So I was a little confused about this. Um, Daniel, care to share some light, shed some light on this? Well, I actually didn't put my predictions in. I'm really thinking about it. It's a close game. I mean, Lamar, tremendous quarterback performance, pretty good for a running back. And But the Chargers, man, they're just playing out of their mind too. It, I think this is the game of the week. It's going to be really close. But again, I think the loss of Marcus Peters here really hurts the Chargers. Uh, really hurts the Ravens because the Chargers, not just one guy, it's, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook making big plays down the field. And Austin Eckler out the backfield. And Austin Eckler, fantasy MVP. So I just think that, you know, I just think the Chargers are just a little bit too much for the Ravens to handle right now. So give me the Chargers. Syracuse boys, who are you guys taking? I'm going to take the Chargers. I think Herbert's too good for this Ravens defense to handle. And this Ravens defense does not look good at all, giving up lots of points to these like, offenses that are not good. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. I have to go with the Chargers. Justin Herbert balls, man. Missing a lot of people, right? Uh, all right. Let's move on to Ellis. I know your boy Justin Herbert, so. Yeah, go I mean, a win's a win in the NFL. So, I'm not taking anything away from the Ravens. But if you look at them, they lose to the Ra- Raiders in OT. They win. They beat the Chiefs because um they beat the Chiefs on a fumble so, and and the wins a win but 
other than the Broncos game, a lot of their games have been extremely close. Yeah. And, and involving if, uh, Ravens late comebacks. If, uh, if I might say something about that. So I was looking at a Ravens Instagram post. The Ravens literally had a post that said, I'm sorry, fans, showing all three of their victories. And I think one of them was the 66-yard field goal against, against the Lions, which, or he was a big Lion fan, so that was very enjoyable for us. One of them was the last second one against the Chiefs. And one of them was this crazy win this week. So it's like, I just feel like they haven't really had a convincing win yet. Like a win's a win and it counts in the scorebooks, but for predictions, I feel like the Chargers have just been more consistent. And you yeah. know, I don't know, last... Oh, I was going to say, and Lamar Jackson had an MVP-like performance, but so did Justin Herbert. So, like... This is not the same Chargers of 2020, which they blew leads. I mean, you've seen them solidify their lead against Chiefs. Brandon Staley's got big balls and goes for it fourth down. This team is very he good. Plays like a, he he plays like we play Madden, honestly. Oh, yeah. Daily. Yes, Fox? What's the thinking behind that mustache? Pure sexiness is the thinking. Okay. Yeah, All right, we've got we've got to that point. No, it looks good. He looks like a, a Russian. I like it. No, I like it. I like. I've it. actually never grown out my facial, and I look like a child when I don't have facial hair. So I feel like I gotta start growing it out. Well, I, I agree with that. 100%. Best point you Thank made on the podcast yet. Thanks, Foxy. Um, I think final question. Before, I have a question for you. Uh, Clemson, Syracuse. Who you got? What kind of question is that? Come on. Who we got? I want to hear it. Let's go, Syracuse. All right, I'll be rooting for you guys, even though I'm a Rockers fan. Actually, I, I do have one last question. Um, if we set up the camera in the hallway, would you do an Oklahoma drill with Jacob? <laughs> oh yeah, we like that content for the pod. You. <laughs> we would we would really like that content. <laughs> he said he would do it. Yo, wait, got, yo. Can, oh, can wait. we just Let's get a video it. of it, please? Of Bro, Jacob getting tackled. Okay, it's not like it's not like he, you're not going to injure him, Jacob. So it's all good. He's all good for football no, season. I don't want to yeah. injure him. I don't want to injure him. He's got a big game on Friday. <laughs> you don't want to destroy his self esteem. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, with that, we pretty much come to the conclusion uh, of this podcast, um, especially this guest segment. So, Miguel, thank you so much for coming on. We we had a lot of fun and yeah, really thanks. Yeah, so. genuinely, thank you. We really, really appreciate. Yeah. It. Uh, thank you. If you want to plug anyone, anything at this point, uh, feel free to, whether it be Syracuse football, your teammates, anything you'd like, we'll be quiet for like uh, 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, shout out to the mob, Syracuse defense, and shout out to the team, Syracuse. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, Jake, thanks for getting him. Yeah, no problem. Really appreciate it. All right. So thank you again, Mikhail, so much for coming on the podcast. Um, if you guys want to tune in to his next game, it's going to be this Saturday. We're all going to be rooting for oh, the Orange. Friday, Friday night. It's Friday. So, yeah, we'll be tuning in Friday night. Um, we're all rooting for the Syracuse Orange, so go Orange. Um, otherwise, let's move on to Red Sox and Astros. This is a tough one uh, for all of our Yankees fans and Jeremy because we just don't really know who to root for. It's hard to root for the Red Sox, but it's also hard to root for the Astros. It's like cheaters versus rivals, but Daniel's thriving here. So uh, I'll go with uh, Daniel. Who are you taking this series? No, it really sucks. I'm not even sure I'm going to watch. Just two cheating, pathetic organizations who have won more postseason series in the last three days at the Yankees have in the last three years. So, um, yeah, that's something. So, look, I think we all know I'm rolling with the Red Sox. There's nothing special here. Wait, can I, can I talk about the ALDS for a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Thursday night, game one did not go well. 
Yank Rays came out swinging the bats. Red Sox couldn't get anything off McClanahan. They were hitting the ball well, but just right at people. They lost five nothing. Everyone's thinking, here go the Rays. Bleach Report had a nice article. Of course, Bleach Report that employs Adam Lefko put out an article saying the Red Sox don't know what they've run into. Game two, it looked like more of the same. Red Sox put up two in the top of the first, then the Rays score five in the bottom of the first, and it's looking like another route. But the Red Sox, you'll fight. Bogarts goes deep. Verdugo, Kike Hernandez, J.D. Martinez hits a go-ahead three-run home run. And Devers hits a two-run home run. Red Sox been 14-6. to six. They go home. Game three, what a game. It was intense from the first pitch to the last. Evaldi pitched great. Red Sox got some runs early, raised tied in the eighth. Then I had to actually go to flag football, so I didn't know the results. And there was a controversial play in right field. Jacob was crying about it. That was um, a little bullschlachen. Little lucky, but it is the rule. It is the rule. And Chris Vasquez rule, walked it off in the whatever. bottom of the 12th with a two-run homer. Red Sox were up 2-1 to one in the series. Game four, Red Sox jump out to a 5 nothing lead, raised chip away. Wander Franco, man, what a player he's going to be. He is going to be a superstar for many years. He had a two-run home run. Rays tied again in the eighth at five. Then in the bottom of the ninth, um, Christian Vasquez leads off with a single. Red Sox bunts him over. Travis Shaw beats out an infield single, first and third. Kike Hernandez hits a walk-off sack fly. Red Sox send the 100-win Rays. Jacob, I know you have some disdain for the Rays, so at least you can appreciate those nerds going home. Yeah, it was nice to go home. But now I want to see the Red Sox go home. Give me the Astros. All right, so we got Jacob's predictions. My predictions, look, here's our No, but I'll, actually, some, some, some quick analysis. Uh, I just think the Astros pitching is much better than the Red Sox is, as is their bullpen. And OCL Tuve is one of the hottest players in postseason baseball right now. And this offense for the, for the, for the Astros is just star-powered, and they have not shown any, any signs of slowing down. So that's why I'm picking the Astros. But here's sort of how I feel about this. But we beat the Astros in 2018. Granted, we were a much better team. But when we did, it was Verlander, Cole, Charlie Morton. Dallas Keuchel still near his peak. Now it's Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers. Like, these are good pitchers, but it doesn't fear me. I, I know the Red Sox don't really have anyone to fear also. But these are two hot offenses. I think they're actually similar teams more similar than you might think. And I think it's going to be a really good series. I'm worried if it goes back to Houston for game six and seven. Uh, Red Sox might have to clinch this one on the road. But they did that in 2018. Just the Red Sox could take one in Houston, go home. Then I feel really good because they haven't lost at home this postseason. Fenway has been rocking. And the Red Sox bullpen, man, I think we beat the best team in the AL already. That's how I feel. I feel like we beat the Rays. They were the best team in the league all season long. And I know the Astros have the best offense in the league, but their pitching staff just isn't as deep as the Rays. Um, so I really just – there's not a lot of fear here. I have a lot of confidence going in. I'm going to roll with the Red Sox. Yeah, the Red Sox have a lot of um, – they're playing really Voice well. Voice cracks? They got really hot. Yeah, pretty much. The Red Sox got really hot, and it's hard for me to pick against them. But, I mean, look at what the Astros did to the White Sox. And they're all – and let's, talk, let's shy away from the pitching because their offense has been utterly ridiculous. Um, Altuve, as Jacob mentioned, Correa. Um, why am I blanking on his Alvarez, sorry. Um, so, I mean, I might regret this pick, but I am picking the Astros in the Cheater Bowl. All right, finally, Jeremy. I mean, how the f*** is a sock going to beat anyone? 
All right. Expert thanks, analysis. Thanks for a great take from Jeremy. This series is going to come down to whether Chris Sale is Chris Sale. If Chris Sale is Chris Sale, then the Red Sox have two top-level starting pitchers, and the Astros really have none. I don't necessarily agree with that, but if that's the case, then I'm more strong than the Astros because I don't think Chris Sale's look good at all. But, but I don't think that's the case, even. But Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. But also, Alex Cora has been managing this. I know that was going to say, but no, he's Alex a very good manager. He's an extremely staff. good manager. He's been managing it beautifully. Nick Pavetta out of the bullpen. Uh, Tanner Howe. I mean, he's just pushing all the right buttons. And the Red Sox are just rolling right now. They're rolling. What's the button for cheating? <laughs> all uh, right. Alex Cora, despite I think him being a cheater, is a very, also very good. You could also be a cheater and a very good manager at the same time. I mean, him. Bill Belichick. It's great in it. You're not cheating. You're not trying. That's an awful way to put it, but let's move on. All That's right. Our I last series, Dodgers slash Giants versus Braves. I mean, this Dodgers-Giants game, is it tonight? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. So that makes it the Thursday, uh, October 14th. Should be a really good one. The The series has really swung back and forth so far. Um, the Braves, surprising win over the Brewers. Uh, Freddie Freeman hitting a walk uh, lead up. Go, ahead, go, ahead. Go, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I forgot the term. Go ahead in the top of the eighth, I want to say. Eighth. Top of the eighth. Uh, so that's really exciting to see him doing well. Um, so who are we taking? Dodgers slash Giants or yeah, Braves? I, personally, I'm taking the Dodgers and the Giants. I think both of these teams present a much better pitching staff, bullpen and offense. I've been watching every game of this Dodgers-Giants series, and it's been fantastic, so entertaining. Every pitch, important. Off the time off my hands, but no complaints there. Very, very enjoyable series, but uh, I'm definitely taking the winner of this Dodgers-Giants series over the Braves for sure. Yeah, I mean, the Braves are a great story, and they've been playing very well, but they are a little injured and shorthanded, and they can't rely on Jock Peterson blasts all series. And frankly, the Dodgers and Giants are the two best teams in the league, in my opinion, at least. Um, they've played like an all-regular season. They've um, they've played like in the postseason. I think Game 5 will not only beat the um, – the Braves, but will also beat the um will also win the World Series. So I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's just eventually a good story has to run out. I think the Giants are going to find some way to win tomorrow night at home. I mean, this is one of this is the biggest one of the biggest single games in the history of their franchise, and they're at home against their hated rivals. And they've been here before. Logan Webb pitched massively. He had the best performance of the postseason so far. Seven two third shutout innings. They find a way. Buster Posey. Evan Longoria, one of these right-handed hitters against Julio Rios because they hit lefties really well. But I think the Braves are going to take the Giants. The Braves, at the trade deadline, they had a really underrated trade deadline. They got Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler to complement Albies and Riley and Freeman. Soler's out, though. Soler's out, though. No, he's not. Yes, he has COVID. He's out, at least for one game. Oh, well, he'll be back. Anyway, the point is that they're – deep as deep as the Giants offensively and their pitching staff with Ian Anderson, Charlie Moore, and Max Freed. All you need is three great pitchers in a series like this. I'm, I'm a little worried about their bullpen and Joe Camilo Duvall. I mean, that guy's nasty. I didn't even hear about him, but he until this series, but he is nasty. But anyway, That's such a sick name. I am picking the Braves to win no matter who comes out. Well, I think the Giants are going to come out, but I think the Braves are going to take care of business in the NLCS. Finally, getting over that hump and going to the World Series. All right. Well, always away because of the nature of this episode, which we don't mind. We got things a little differently. We got the tip off coming up right now. Let's start off with Dan. Dan, 
some crazy NFL head coaching news. Yeah, John Gruden, coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, has resigned. He's no longer the coach of the Raiders. Um, I should probably have a different tone for this. Um, some emails came out first about NFLPA head Demarcus Smith, some racist comments in, um, in an email about 10 years ago, and then more stuff coming out, sexist, homophobic. Um, I think he, he really rounded the bases there um, in terms of uh, offending people. Uh, person, yeah. Yeah, so – Obviously, it didn't look like Gruden was going to come step down after the Smith comments, but more stuff coming started coming out. Um, John Gruden, um, after a great start to the Raiders season, two weeks ago, they're 3-0. They're looking great, but that's not really the point of the story. The point of the story is John Gruden has tarnished his reputation. He's offended a lot of people. He's done a lot of damage, especially for a team that has the only openly gay player um, in the league in Carl Nassib. And he so, took time off John on Wednesday, Gruden, by the way. Sorry. He took he took time off on Wednesday to deal with all of it. So he was yeah. not at Wednesday's practice. So even though John Gruden was one of the most beloved um, people in the NFL um, before these came, this came out, um, it's his career is over pretty much. I mean, if they, someone gives him another shot, they're foolish. And yeah, just terrible for the organization, terrible for the league, terrible for humanity, but just just a bad day. Bad day overall. All right. This is going to be an L's theme tip off. I'm about to run through some sports real quick. Hockey. Hockey has started. Congrats to them. The Kraken. Boxing. In boxing, we had Wilder versus Fury 3. People say this was the best out of all three of the fights. Fury dominated early and knocked down Wilder. But Wilder came back in the fourth and knocked down Fury not once, but twice on his. But Fury got somehow got up again, fought hard pretty much dominated Wilder from the rest of the fight. And and in the 11th round, knocked out Wilder for good. Fury is now the heavyweight champion. He was already undisputed, but this proves he is the great. And Prime Fury might be the best boxer of all time, people are debating. We're not sure. Obviously, he's definitely not the best boxer of all time, but in his prime, he might be. I mean, who else is six, six, seven, 290 pounds, moves so quickly? I mean... And I think people were saying this after the fight. Wilder's clearly the second best boxer in boxing, but Fury's clearly number one. And both in the fight for the ages that you won't you won't you won't see that kind of fight in ten years. Fury came out on top, but they both played their heart out much better than the second fight. And congrats to both guys. Um, all right, moving on to soccer. Also, uh, just just for it to be mentioned, uh, Fury went out and partied right after the fight. I mean, this was like a, a tiny yeah, event for him, and he was just like DJing it up after. So shout Steve out to Fury. In the international break, USA, after winning, suffered a bad defeat to um Panama, one nothing, and continued to disappoint. But right as of now, they're doing just enough to stay in the World Cup bracket. They play Costa Rica tonight at seven. So you will know the results when this podcast is up. In Europe, France beat Spain. To win the Nations Cup, this guarantees them a spot in the World Cup as like they're going to get a spot anyway. Normal soccer, club soccer resumes this weekend. And and then Spain clinched their spot in the World Cup. Germany is going to. Um, Israel got stopped, like slowed down from their start on a Scott McTominay last minute goal. And now they're outside of World Cup qualification for the first time in the tournament. But those are some stories. And finally, in the basketball Preseason started up. NBA starting in two weeks, I believe. Um, 
but let's talk about there's been some minor trades that we're not going to really go over from the Nets. But in the Nets camp, the biggest news has been, well, two big news, Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons, oh, what a guy that is. What an awful person. Anyway, he's probably going back to the 76ers now, but first he was not, he was, he was threatening to sit out the whole season, wanted to be traded as if he like is the best player on the team, which he's not. But yes, he is being, he is now working on a deal with the 76ers to bring him back for the year. And he's probably not going to be traded. Kyrie Irving refuses to get the vaccine because he's, quote unquote, fighting the power. Only thing that will be fighting uh, okay. Kyrie Irving is COVID-19 against his immune system. But what does that mean for sports-wise and not stupidity-wise? It means Kyrie Irving can't play in three quarters of NBA games or go to practice. And Kyrie Irving seems dead set to not get the vaccine, which means Kyrie Irving will miss the whole season most likely because the Nets aren't going to allow him to play for a quarter of the games. And the Nets might be without Kyrie Irving. Classic Kyrie Irving move coming from the brilliant guy that said the earth was flat. Um, do Kyrie Irving. You anti-vaxxers, that's the tip-off. All right, I'm sorry we do not have a wacky sport of the week for you this week due to the interview, but we enjoyed that. Jacob Thank doing, you. Jacob doing the Oklahoma drill with Mikel is the wacky sport. Yeah, we're gonna get Jacob. We're gonna get Jacob to do that. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you, Mikel Jones, for coming on. I know, um, I know he plugged his defense, but let me plug his Instagram. It is Mikel Jones thirteen. Um, so yeah, Mikel Jones, thank you for coming on. It was a great podcast. If you want to start a podcast with Buzzsprout, you can do that. Uh, just use the link in our bio or podcast description and you can do the free plan. You can do paid plan. You get a $25 gift card with the paid plan. And it's truly an easy and great platform to start your podcast on and get your thoughts out to the world. So go do that. If you want to follow our podcast, we are everywhere every single podcast platform wherever you want to listen but amazon like subscribe turn on notifications so you always know when the new podcast is out we usually come out saturdays and sundays this episode should be out friday hopefully social media yes this episode should be out friday um social media you can also go follow our instagram and twitter at what.podcast you always know when the new podcast is out there as well on twitter we got dan with his red Sox fandom on the account and on Instagram, we got Photoshops, polls, interactive stuff like that. Plus, you can use the link in our Instagram bio to follow the podcast on Spotify. On YouTube, we post highlights, interviews, all that stuff. It's at Who's on Top, W H O P S O N T O P. Same thing as our Spotify, as our um, as our Spotify, and all the same thing. Um, and like, subscribe, turn notifications, um, comment, all that good stuff. You know what to do. All right, you've been listening to Who's on Top podcast. Episode 80, 20 away from 100. Not to count down, but hope you have a great week. Hope you enjoy the podcast. It's getting cold out, so stay safe, stay healthy, and goodbye. Goodbye.